If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I am so happy you are here today. This episode, I'm talking all about seasons and the seasons that not only nature goes through, but how much nature mirrors what we go through and how much we can learn from the seasons and how to identify what season you're in and know when the season is about to change. This is something that has been resonating in me for months, and I cannot wait to talk about this episode. Before we dig in, I want to give a shout out to every single Patreon who supports this show. You guys, I love you. I feel like I don't say it enough. I feel like I cannot like jump through the microphone and hug all of you enough, but all of you mean the world to me. All of you are what keep this show going. I, as many of you know, I'm a single mom of four. I'm a student and a former pastor and all the things, and I wear a lot of hats, but this work is something that is so important to me that I keep showing up every week, and you guys do too. So for those of you that support this and support me in this, thank you, thank you, thank you. You are a gift. If any of you listening are interested in how to learn more about supporting this show, go to my website, justajesusfollower.com, and click on the button, Patreon. I love you all so much, and I cannot wait to dig into this topic. So here we go. I was having this day the other week where I was in one of those emotional places where I just felt heavy and I felt like I was in emotional fog. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that, but you know, when you just know something's not right, but you don't quite know what it is, it was that kind of a day for me. And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to take a drive. I'm just going to see if I can clear my head. And so I was driving and there's this little park by my house and I thought, you know, it's early in the morning. I'm just going to go sit at this park and just gather my thoughts. And so I pull up and this park, it's one of my favorite parks. It has tons of trees and this really big pond and this bridge that goes over it. And it's just this sweet little magical place. And I, I pulled up and as I'm sitting there and it's cold outside and it's, there's still snow on the ground and the, the water caught my attention and, and I noticed how half of it was still covered in ice and the other half had already melted. 
And I, and I was just captivated by that for some reason. You know, nature has a way of just kind of drawing you in. And, and I was sitting there looking at this water and, and the water had a current to it. It was moving and something in me started to click. And I realized as I was sitting there that that was representative of where my heart has been and where my heart is, where there's a good portion of my heart that is still frozen solid. And when it's frozen solid, it doesn't move with the current. It doesn't ebb and flow. It just is stationary and it's hard. And as I'm starting to get this picture in my mind, tears just start dripping down my face as as I'm looking at this picture in nature of what's going on inside of me. And, and as I was looking at this, this water and I could see the water that was moving and had the flow of movement in it, and I felt God say to me, you know, the water that stays frozen the longest is the shallowest parts because they're colder. But the water that is the deepest part, usually you won't see the ice there as long. And, and of course, so I'm looking at, and that made sense because it was kind of the edges of this water that were more frozen and the more shallow part, it was all making sense. And the, the deeper part was where the movement was. And, and I just started thinking about that. And I realized there is so much truth to that, that the deepest parts of us aren't usually covered in ice. The deepest parts of us have learned how to thaw. The deepest parts of us have a movement and a rhythm and a flow that we can access. And there's those shallow parts of us, though, kind of on the outskirts that that just get frozen solid to the core. And it's because they haven't deepened yet. It's because there still needs to be more growth that happens. The water needs to grow and pull and pulse and deepen and carve out more land so that it can go deeper and fill deeper. And I was so moved by this picture. I got out of my car and mind you, I'm in like sweatpants and this little hoodie pullover and I've got no makeup on and my big old sunglasses on. And I was like, I don't care. I need to be by this water. And I went down to this bench and I sat there and I looked at the water and I was overcome with emotion looking at the state of my heart in this water. And, and like the tears are falling, but they're like freezing on my face because it was so cold outside. But this imagery, it struck my heart. And, and the reason it did was because it showed me that there was hope for those hard parts of my heart that were giving me the most trouble. You see, that morning, I didn't know what was bothering me. I didn't know why I felt the way I felt. I didn't know why I was feeling sad and heavy and foggy. I couldn't reach it. But when I looked at that picture of that water, it was like my heart was being mirrored back to me. And I was able to pinpoint it's because I'm feeling those areas that haven't gone quite to the depths that they need to yet. They are still frozen. They're frozen because it was a hard winter. They're frozen because when things changed, when the season changed, 
when it quickly got cold and the ground got cold, it stopped giving way, it stopped sprouting new life, those parts of me froze. And they're not thought out yet. And as I'm getting this picture, I felt a swell of hope. And the reason I did was because I saw how much was around this frozen part of water that have movement to it and that was flowing up, you know, like like how water does. It will brush up against the hard surfaces. And so it was brushing up against that ice. And and I, and as I'm sitting there talking with God, I was reminded of what thaws frozen things. And we all know the answer is warmth, right? And there's truth to that, but it's also a change of seasons. Sometimes the frozen things don't thaw until the season changes. The thing about seasons is that we cannot rush them in and we cannot hurry them out. They come and they go. Now, if you are listening and you are one of the blessed souls that lives somewhere like California where my heart longs to be, you're like, what are you talking about? It is warm and sunny, shiny all the time. I'm talking about the four seasons. When you live where I live and you have the four seasons, this is something we see every year. The winter we're in right now, for example, is incredibly long and feeling incredibly hard and cold and bitter. And we haven't had a hard winter like this in many years. And everybody here feels that. They feel the effects of that. Everyone here wants spring to come like now. We are like, come on, please hurry on in. But that's just it. This is how seasons work. You cannot do anything to make them change. You cannot do anything to make them move or transition into the next phase. It doesn't work that way. And so in thinking about our lives in terms of seasons, this picture just moved me to really examine how I view my heart and how I view the chapters of my life and how I view the different times that I go through emotionally and mentally, spiritually, relationally. It's all tied into this idea of seasons. One of the things that has been so hard for me during this winter has been the gray skies. And, and if you're someone that deals with depression, you know that it's not good on the mental state to be away from the sun. It's it's not you need sunlight to to bring you back into the clarity, back into the warmth, back into a place where things don't feel heavy and and oppressive. And this winter in particularly, I have felt that. I have felt the heaviness of the gray, the heaviness of the snow. We've had so much snow. And here's the thing, When you're in a winter season, snow is beautiful, especially when it's like the first snow. And we see this in life. When you transition into a new season of your life, even if it's a change, even if it's a cold shock to the system, there are beautiful moments involved with change, especially the first beautiful thing which in the winter, it's usually snow and it's, and it comes down light. It comes down airy and, and it's playful and magical and has this whimsical feel to it. That's why we like snow globes. You just get lost in the wonderland of it. 
But the thing about snow, much like winters internally, is that after it falls, it settles and it continues to settle. And when more snow falls or ice comes and the ground gets even harder and colder and the snow doesn't melt, what does it do? It piles and piles and piles. When you have piles of something, even if it's a new something, even if in the first portion of the new something, it was exciting and magical and airy, sometimes those new things that feel airy at first can turn very quickly to feel heavy. They can feel heavy and burdensome. And when you add to that the mixture of a cold environment, of a harsh earth holding it up that is not giving way, it can feel very, very heavy, very suffocating, very gray, very dark, very fast. I have felt that this winter. I have felt that with the weather. And And I think about the parallel emotionally, and so much of this is true. When I've transitioned into seasons that that caught me off guard, that felt like a cold shock to the system, and and this I would attribute to things like grief or, or death or a relationship major change, whether it be a divorce or a separation or a partnership that takes a pause or or a, a very emotional breakup, a family change, something like that. When you move into that season, it's shocking. But yet there's almost this refreshment of the change. There's almost, you know, how that cold air feels refreshing at first, but then it can sting. It's like that. So winter seasons inside of us they, they are cold, they strike fast, they can feel hard, they can feel heavy, but there's also this whimsical beauty to it. So in the beginning, it feels beautiful, but as it goes on, it feels like a heaviness that will not lift. And it feels like a darkness that won't go away. And it feels like a heavy, heavy piling on of stuff that you cannot keep up with. And it feels like your skin is burning because it cannot take the cold air anymore. That is what winters emotionally feel like. And when you are at the end of that breaking point almost to where you feel like I cannot do another day, I need something to shift. You go outside and it's still cold. And you go back in and you soldier up and you muster up courage to do another day. You find ways to comfort. You find ways to make a fire. You find warm, fuzzy blankets. You find things to burrow yourself in, to protect yourself, and just get through the cold thing. And then you see on days like today that are here where I live, even though it's cold outside and rainy and dreary, you start to see sprouts of green popping up from under the cold ground. The thing about spring, and oh my gosh, don't we all love spring, right? But the thing about spring is that much like winter, it springs on you. Much like winter, it's like, oh my gosh, 
look, look, that, that tree is blooming or, or look, my garden now has, has some life popping out of nowhere. You know, it just, it seems like everything goes from empty, barren and dead. And then all of a sudden it starts to show signs of life. Going back to the winter really quick, one thing that has encouraged me about winter seasons is that when you look outside during the winter, the trees look like sticks, the grass looks dead, flower beds, all the things look brown and lifeless. If you didn't know any better, you would assume every tree in my backyard was dead. There's no leaves on it. There's no color to it. Nothing's moving. The grass does not grow. My flowers don't bloom. My rose bushes are empty sticks right now, but they're not dead. How many times do we feel like in our lives when we look at these parts of our life and we're like, I don't see anything good. I don't see any life. I'm like that frozen pond, right? Like frozen, cold, dead, lifeless, put me six feet under, I'm done for. These parts of me are, they've died. And as much as I want to cling to hope, there's no hope. They're dead. That Look at them. They're dead. And one thing God continues to remind me of this whole winter as I look outside is that those trees look dead, but they're not. Your grass looks dead, but it's not. All your flower beds, all your rose bushes, they all look lifeless and brown and dead, but they're not. They're just waiting for the right time. Life is pulsing under the ground. You just can't see it. Their roots are growing during the winter, but you don't see it. They're pulling their resources to get ready for the spring, but you don't see it with your eyes because it all happens deep underneath. This is true for you and me. When we go through these seasons that feel like death, that feel like this part of me doesn't have a pulse, this part of me feels dead now and I, I, I don't know how to fix it. It could be that you're just in winter. It could be that the thing isn't dead. But that right now, work has to be done underneath before life can show on the surface. When spring starts to come, not only does it catch us by surprise, but the initial shock of it is so profound. Because like right now, when I look out in my, in my garden... Everything still looks dead, except there's these little glimpses of green popping up and it just catches your eye because there's no color anywhere except these little plants that are peeking through the, the, the mulch. And yet those little tiny glimpses of color are all you look at when you look outside. In me and in you, when those little glimpses of life start to show in us, we react that way. When we tap into a place of our heart, of our mind, of our body, of our soul, of our spirit that we have not connected with before, when we get back into our skin and we're starting to see and feel and breathe for what feels like the first time, it is a springboard of life that cannot be missed. 
It is the color that catches your eye. It's the color that catches the people around you's eye. Spring cannot be missed. It's bright. It's colorful. It's exciting. It's new birth. It is rebirth. Because a lot of the plants that I'm seeing sprouting, oh, they bloomed before. Then it looked like they died, and now they're blooming again. Spring is a time of new planting, of planting new things and watching new things grow, but it is also a time that things that once were get to grow again. So it's this idea of new things coming and old things being rebirthed. There's nothing more beautiful inside the human soul than the moment where new birth happens, where you have come out of a harsh, cold winter, and all of a sudden, there's life, there's color, there's joy, there's warmth, there's sun, there is hope again. Spring is beautiful. And you think, you watch animals in nature. Spring is when, you know, the baby birds come and spring is when these animals want to mate and have babies. And I mean, it is just like, if nature itself, as in trees and plants and grass, aren't telling you this story, the animals are. (laughs) Like, they're showing you the idea of rebirth, of new birth. You see it in animals, you see it in plants, you see it in the ground. This story of death and rebirth is happening in winter and spring all around us. And so the idea that you and I are somehow void of this rhythm is just silly. We are all in this created planet together. We are all, I believe, made by the same creative thing, by the same creator. We all have this rhythm. The difference between us and the ground and the animals is that they know it. The problem with us humans is that we think we can outsmart it. We think we can outrun it. We think we can speed it up or slow it down. We think that we can crack the code of seasons in our life, but it just isn't designed that way. Spring is probably the most fun season. Spring is like new love and new births and new joys and new romantic things and new exciting adventures and new career moves and new ideas about yourself and new self-discovery and spiritual awakenings. And it is just all the good stuff is spring. Spring has sprung, as many would say. Baby birds hatch. They learn to fly. People are outside. They're moving. They're doing. They're planting. They're growing. And all of this outside us in nature is mirroring back to us a season that happens inside of us. Although many of us would love an eternal spring, it's not the way this ship sails. It is not the way that this world has been set in motion. And although spring never seems to last long enough, it always seems just right. It always leaves you longing for more, which is just right. Just like a good movie, just like a good book, it always leaves you wanting more. And as you move out of spring, you move into summer. And summer, although so warm at first, it can become unbearable. (laughs) 
It can become too much of a good thing. It can mean sunburns. It can mean blistering heat. It can mean humidity. It can mean that you want to stay inside because to walk outside is like baking in an oven. For all of the cold that winter brings and how you crave the heat, you get the heat in the summer. And sometimes it's too much of a good thing. The thing about summer is that it's a drying out season. It's a season where you have to be aware of things like forest fires. You have to be aware of scorched lawns. You have to be aware of your pets being outside and overheating. You have to be aware of yourself staying hydrated. The idea of dryness is all over summer. When we move into a season internally that's dry, especially after you've left something like a spring, It can be exhausting because it's almost like that well that you were pulling from in the spring dries up and the healthy soil of your heart that was just so malleable and bursting with flowers and new things, now that dirt is cracked and dry and dusty. Summer is when things dry out. And you just get scorched by the heat of it. The thing that nature teaches us about summer is that not only is it unavoidable, but it does end. However, during the season of summer, water is the number one priority, not only in nature, but in our bodies. Water is what keeps things alive during a dry summer. Without the water, things can dry up and die. Plants can die for good in the summer. Grass can die for good in the summer, and then you have to reseed again. Trust me, I know. People can overheat and die in the summer. Water is of vital importance in the summer. When I think about water, see, I just love all the imagery that nature gives us. When I think about water, I that is my happy place. I was interviewed on Dallas Amsden's Defeating uh, Depression podcast a few weeks ago, and I talk about water in there because water for me is a lifeline. When I feel depressed, when I feel anxious, I want to get near water. I want to be in a long shower. I want to take a long bath. If I lived near the beach, I would take a walk down the beach and like camp there and stay there. I go to that park that I was telling you about and I walk around the water. Like I, 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 water gives me life. But I think that that is so true for so many of us. Not only do our bodies tell us this story of rehydration where, right, we cannot live without water. We're made of water. But this season of summer tells us that story. Animals tell us this story. Plants tell us this story. We need water. Water refreshes, water cools, water rehydrates what's been dried out. It resaturates dried out things. The tricky thing about water is that just like seasons, it's a timely thing. If you don't stay on top of the hydration and the self-care and the constant needs that the plant or human has. It can be very dangerous. It can be life-threatening. 
I have a houseplant that speaks to this story very loudly. The poor thing totally neglected it. And I tried to water it a whole bunch as it started looking dead, but the thing had already died. It was done for. There was nothing I could do. The same is true with us. In our dry seasons, we have to take care of ourselves. What feeds your soul? What is it that keeps you alive? How much alone time do you need? How much meditation do you need? How much exercise do you need to engage those endorphins and and connect? What do you need to feel like you're in your skin again? What do you need to feel like a healthy, whole, full person? Are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? What's your Enneagram number? I mean, we could go through all of these things, but all of that speaks to watering. You are watering your soul when you engage in recognizing what the ground inside of you needs. Not everybody is watered the same. Look at plants. I mean, you take a succulent for Pete's sake. I mean, that thing is hard to kill. Doesn't need much water. It really doesn't. But then you look at some other plants. And I mean, if you are not watering them all the time, they will dry up like that. All of us, plants, animals, people, we all have different needs and different environments that we thrive the best in. But when you are in your dry season, that is when you you bear down and you fight for what you need. Because without taking care of the needs that you have, it could mean death. Not being dramatic about a physical death, but being dramatically, <laughs> emotionally speaking, parts of us go asleep. I've talked about this before on the show where for years I denied what I needed, sacrificed myself on the back burner for everybody I loved because I thought that was the right thing to do. I thought that that made me a good friend, a good wife, a good mom, a good pastor. I thought that that was what the good ones did. But what I failed to see was that while I was doing that, watering other people meant taking water away from me. So my poor little plant of a soul was withering up and dying right in front of me. And it got pretty dark there for a while. It got scary. So much so that I had to make some really tough calls and change a lot of things. It's because I recognized how deep this dying thing was going. And I, I didn't want to, the insides of me to die. I wanted to live. I wanted the real healthy me to be here again. And so when you're in the season of drought, when you're in the season of dryness, forest fires do happen. When you're dry, it's easy to set the thing on fire. It's easy for it to dry out too quickly. It's easy to forget about it and move on to something else. But you and your soul are so valuable and just priceless that they have to be a priority. They have to be taken care of. After a summer season, you move into the beautiful season of fall. And when you've had a harsh, dry summer, a hot summer, fall air almost feels like spring. And a lot of people say that spring and fall are their favorite seasons. I'm one of them. I love fall, probably because our summers here get very hot and humid. And so when fall comes in, it is like, 
I want to be outside again, right? I like love all the stuff. I love going to the pumpkin patch. I love all of the cinnamon and apple and pumpkin-y smells. I love all those candles. I love baking. I love being out of my yard and cleaning up leaves. And I complain about it every year, but but something about it feels grounding to be outside cleaning up my yard. I don't know. I love, I love it. So the fall, it's refreshing in that it, it brings a coolness that takes the edge off of the heat that you've been through for those long, dry months. And fall, although beautiful, although cozy, fall is where things start to fall. Fall is where those beautiful leaves that you saw in the spring shrivel up, turn into a beautiful color, and then fall to the ground. Fall is when the trees start to go bare. Fall is when all of those springtime pretties that we all love start to not look as pretty. Fall is when everything starts to prepare for a cold change, a cold winter. It's interesting to me how many times I have been on the verge of a new season of my life. And this happened to me um, when I was at my corporate job last year. And gosh, it's crazy to think how long ago that's been now. But I remember being there. Ironically, I was there in the summer. And ironically, it felt like a very dry season internally. (laughs) So this is actually a really good example. And so I was at my job and the weight of this job with being a single mom of four kids, with all the other titles that I carry in life, it was feeling overwhelming. And something in me until that point was able to push through that, was able to bear down, show up every day, do my job, do it really well, pick up the kids, do that job really well, do the homework thing, do the soccer thing, do the ballet thing, do the taxi driver thing with the kids all over the town, come home, do the blogging, do the podcasting, go to bed, wake up, do it all over again. I could do it. I was pushing through and I was doing it. But something happened midsummer last summer where I I felt a shift and it was an internal shift. And I felt my mind and my heart preparing for things to change. I had no idea how drastically my life was about to change. I had no way of knowing that anything would ever be any different. No signs were waving at me saying, hey, you're going to quit your job and hey, you're going to be at home and hey, you're going to be back in school and this is going to happen with your kids. And I had no way of knowing any of that. But inside of me, I started preparing to leave my job. It was a really weird thing because when this starts to happen, and I have heard other people say this before a loved one dies or before they they had to suddenly move and sell their house or before they went through some really tough news with their children or before their marriage fell apart. All these things that we go through that can be harsh and shocking and cold and hard, something inside of us, if you're aware of it, starts to let you know things are about to change. It's a subtle, quiet thing, just like the the leaves on the trees when they start to begin to fall. It's subtle, but it's there. And if you're aware 
you recognize it and you don't second guess it. Last summer, I made the mistake of second guessing it. And I was like, what am I thinking? I cannot quit my job. I need these benefits. I need to provide for myself and my kids. I am so blessed and lucky to be working here. What am I even thinking? Why would I even consider leaving? Where would I go? What what is this? And I talked myself out of it. At least I tried. But I kid you not, day in, day out, I'm sitting at my desk doing my job. And I just knew I'm not going to be here much longer. I'm not going to be here much longer. And when I was working on projects, it's like I was aware of it in the back of my head. Like, make sure that every loose end is tied here because you're not going to be here by the time this project comes to fruition. I mean, just in everything I was doing, I knew my time there was coming to a close. We are hardwired just like nature, just like animals know to prepare for the winter when fall comes, just like the trees instinctively do their thing in the fall, we instinctively have an inner knowing that knows when things are about to get hard, when things are about to drastically change, we know. A lot of us have been taught to not trust our inner voice. A lot of us have been taught that we need other people to tell us when things are going to change and that our insides cannot be trusted. But nature tells a different story. And the same God that made nature made you and me. And we are hardwired to know when things are about to change. Not long after I had that feeling of knowing that I was going to leave my job, knowing that things were coming to a close, I even knew what month. That's how crazy accurate this was. I was like... In January, my life will be totally different. I was saying this midsummer, last summer. In January, things will be completely different. And by the fall, I won't be here. I thought at first that I was crazy, but this was such a strong intuition that by the end I was like, well, I don't think I'm crazy. I kind of know this and I don't know why I know it, but I know it. And I didn't share that, but it was something that I knew on the inside. Sure enough, August comes and... We find out everything about our children, which I've talked about before, that they drastically were going to go through a major change with their school, and I needed to be home with them full-time. And my ex-husband and I, we figured it out, and within a few weeks, I was home full-time. And I didn't know what those months would look like. All I knew was I'm going to get my kids through this transition. That's the important thing. All hands on deck. And somehow, some way, everything clicked into place. And before I knew it, I was home completely full-time. But in the back of my head, I was like, no, but there's another change coming in January. And in January, I ended up becoming a student back in college changing the whole trajectory of what the next few years will look like. All of this was coming. And my insides knew it. I didn't know the details, but my insides were prepping me for this change. The change that happened for us in the winter, for those of you that do not know, we found out that the director of our children's Christian private school was arrested on... um, 
I think it originally was seven counts. Now it's up to eight counts of indecent liberties with a child. Our family is involved in that criminal case. And overnight, my whole world changed. And that was a cold shock to the system. That was a quick change of seasons for me. And without warning, I found myself plummeted into an internal winter where parts of me froze solid. Parts of me, I truly thought, died during those months. I, I've never been uh, someone who felt suicidal or someone who felt like I didn't want to live anymore. But I will be honest with you, going through the criminal case that we are going through with my daughters and facing the reality of a world that you don't want to think exists, you don't want to think that people can be charged with stuff like this, going through all of that, there were parts of me I didn't think could ever come back to life ever again. I was pretty certain that there were parts of my heart that just died. And I don't say that lightly. I don't say that to make you, uh, to evoke some sort of emotion. I, I'm saying that because when winters come inside of us, it is not something that you see coming. But there was a part of me that was prepping for this. There was a part of me that knew I'm going to be home. I'm going to be home. So when the news hit me, of course, I went into shock as I'm sure any parent would. But there was this other voice in the back of my head that was like, this is okay. This is going to be okay. You knew this was coming. You knew a change was on its way. This was the change. Just breathe. We're going to get through this. Fall, for me, this literally last fall, that internal knowing that that things were changing was a lifesaver for me. It kept me sane. It kept me sane knowing that the universe, if you will, God, whatever you want to call it, knew this was happening. My insides were prepared to walk through what felt like a nightmare. And we walked through it. We're still walking through it. But the beauty is, is that we're alive. We're breathing. We're not victims. We're surviving. We're fighting. We're doing all the hard things. Nobody's dead. We're going to get through this. And, and I'm saying this from someone who doesn't see spring yet. I'm saying this from someone who's still in very much an internal winter, but fall prepped me for this. And because of my awareness of that, I was able to go into this winter a little bit more prepared. <clears throat> and as someone who's now finding my way, fumbling out of the cold and looking at the, at the icy part still inside of me, I see signs of spring and my heart for the first time in many long cold months is feeling hopeful that things can get pretty again, that things can be beautiful again, that my life isn't defined, nor are my children's lives defined by this cold winter that we went through. We're coming into a new thing. There's always a new thing. And that that's the beauty of seasons is that they will always change. Sometimes that makes us sad because we like the good seasons. But 
aren't we so glad that seasons change? Because what about the bad seasons? I'm so glad seasons don't stick because whatever season you are in, whether it be good or whether it be bad, know that it will come to an end. So if it's good, soak it up, treasure it, be thankful for it, breathe in it, be present in it because it will change. And if you're in a hard season, breathe and know that this too shall pass. Snow doesn't stay heavy on the ground forever. Eventually it does melt. Ice doesn't stay on water forever. Eventually the sun shines and it does thaw. Your winter will pass. You will see springs of life again. Probably not even when you're expecting it, but they will sprout. They will sprout. And if you get worried about a possible winter that could come your way, know that fall always comes before winter. There's always a time of preparation before winter. There's always a gathering season internally. Gathering of the troops, gathering of the resources, gathering, hibernating in, buckling down, getting cozy inside. All of it prepares you for winter. What I hope this episode does for you is paint a picture for you so you can be aware of what season you're in and aware of what season you might be going into next. Because when we are aware of the rhythm of nature, it helps us be aware of the rhythm inside of us. Nature is literally a mirror for you. Like literally, God was like, okay, these people might not be quick enough to get this whole emotional roller coaster they're going to go on with this life. So I'm going to set the seasons in motion so that hopefully they'll catch on. <laughs> hopefully the, they're going to get the memo. The animals get it. The trees get it. The plants get it. The grass gets it. The seasons, the sky, the rain, the snow, all of it. Like it's all saying the same story. Even the story of Jesus, like death, rebirth resurrection. Like this is a story that is being screamed at you in your Bible, screamed at you in nature and screamed at you in your life story. And for some reason we are so darn stubborn. We don't like to look at it, but I'm telling you, stop fighting the seasons. Stop fighting the rhythm. You cannot control the rhythm any more than you could control people. And we all wish we could, right? But we can't. You're in a rhythm nature around you, the earth, the ground. It's all in a rhythm. Get in tune with the rhythm. One thing that has helped me, and I'll close with with this, is that I have learned that being grounded back in my body, and what I mean by that is I have a tendency as someone who's gone through trauma to kind of disassociate from my body. So I can be somewhere, but mentally I'm not present in my body whatsoever. And that's just a survivalistic thing that a lot of people who go through trauma, they pick up that trait. So for me, when I am outside, I feel grounded back in my skin again. I feel present in my body, in my mind again. And part of what's helped me has been working in my garden, my hands in the dirt, my feet on the ground, even when it's cold, crunching my, my boots on the snow, all of that kind of realigns me. So Whatever works for you, be present in your skin. Be present with nature. Be present with the world that you're in because the same creator that created your grass in your yard, the tree out your window, the bird 
floating in the sky. All of it is made and coming from the same source that made you. We're all in this thing together. Be aware, learn from it. Let nature be your teacher. Let the bird teach you something. Maybe about patience. Maybe about new birth. Maybe about preparing for new birth. I don't know. You can learn a thousand million things if you just sit quiet and watch nature. It's fascinating. That being said, I love you all. Whatever season you are in, I pray that it will be blessed, that you'll be given all the resources you need to go through it, and that you will rest assured that seasons do change. Go in peace. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.